Hello and welcome to the JMP Cast. I'm your host, Josiah Michael Pyatt. This podcast is centered around the question, what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actively participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? On today's episode, we look at a question that Paul asked this church in Colossae. This is a question that we all as followers of Jesus have to ask, not just once or twice, but something that we should be asking on a regular basis. You see, it's through this question that there is an opportunity for us to grow closer to Jesus. I hope that something in this episode encourages you today. Well, thank you for joining me today on this episode as we work through this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. In the last episode, we were able to look at the warning that Paul was giving this church and specifically against traditions, spirituality, and philosophy. We learned in this episode that Paul was saying that in these things, they promised to do something that can only be done in Christ, that these things will have a price tag beside them, whether it be in how we have to spend our time, how we, who we spend our time with, how we spend our money, how we live our lives. There's all these sorts of things that these philosophies of the day, the spiritualities of the day, the traditions of the day are going to tell us that there's these things that we need to do if we are going to be made whole, if we're going to have growth and development. But Paul, once again, is going to point this church to Jesus. He's going to say that we have nourishment and growth and unity that can only come in him. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we continue to walk in his way. Now, if you've been, if you've been with us for a while and, and going through this, this letter, I hope that you've been able to hear time and time again how obsessed Paul is with Jesus Christ. You see, Paul was writing this from prison and he was given this report of all the things that were going on in this church all the good things and all the bad things. And when Paul heard of all these different things, he knew that he was going to write a letter to address these issues. And yet when he addresses all of these issues, he continually points this church to Jesus Christ. Regardless of the lies, regardless of the deceit, regardless of the sin, regardless of the authorities that are coming against them, He is going to somehow point this church to Jesus. Paul's focus is on Christ Jesus. It is Christ Jesus who defines how Paul sees himself and this church. It is through Christ Jesus that this church has been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of God. It is by, for, through Christ Jesus that all things were made. He is before all things, and He sustains all things. Through Him, all things have been made reconciled, and there is peace that can be received through His blood. Through Him, we have been made holy, blameless, and above reproach, stable and steadfast. The mystery that has been around for generations since the beginning of creation, has now been revealed through Jesus, which is that Christ dwells in us, the hope of glory. Even though there are people who are going to come against us with plausible arguments and try to fix our attention off of Jesus, 
We are going to be remaining in him, mature and steadfast. Our faith in him is going to be firm. As we walk with him, our roots will grow deep. We will be built up and established. Though there will be things in this world to try and captivate us away from Christ, we will be captivated by him and him alone. For we have Christ's circumcision, Christ's baptism, Christ's verdict on our debt that has been paid. It is only through Jesus Christ that we have been made whole, that we have been made new, and that we continue to grow in unity with one another and with him. Paul is obsessed with Jesus. He does not look at Jesus as a means to an end. It is not choose to follow Jesus and then now you'll have money. Now you'll have security. Now you'll have peace. Now you'll have relationships. Now you'll have accomplishments. No, Jesus is in all and is all. He is above all of those things. Jesus is not a means to an end. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is all things. There is nothing more that you and I need when we find ourselves in Him. These are not just theological statements or principles to live by. This is the reality that you and I get to live in when we put our trust, our faith in Christ Jesus. And we experience the dwelling of his Holy Spirit. You see, these are the things that we are to know about Christ. These are the things that we are to know about ourselves. And as these things get deep within our hearts, within our roots, as we grow in our knowing, it's going to show in a new way, in the way that we spend our time, in the way that we spend our life, the goals that we have, all sorts of things. We're now past the halfway point of this letter that Paul has written to the church in Colossae. From this point on, Paul's letter is going to be extremely practical, personal, and detailed in respect to the things that are going on in this church in Colossae. He is going to shift their focus into this practicality of what does it mean for us to show Christ as we've learned what it means to know and grow in him. And he's going to do this in the form of a question. He's actually going to ask two questions, but these questions that he's going to ask are so deep and so relevant to not only this church, but to you and for me today, that I actually want to focus on one question at a time. And so this episode, we're going to look at that first question. And in the second episode next week, we'll be looking at the other question that he's asking. So what is this question? I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm going, to, I'm going to put it right out there in the beginning. So this question is this. If with Christ you have died, why are you acting as though you are alive in the world? Now let's not forget that Paul has already laid the foundations of the gospel into this letter for the church to hear and to experience. He is shifting into a practical place but he has laid the foundations of who we are in Christ, how we've received forgiveness. So when he asks this question to this church in Colossae, and when he's asking this question for you and for me, please remember 
that this is from a place of good news. This is not from a place of shame and embarrassment. This is from a place of invitation. There's an invitation for our lives to look different. And Paul is going to challenge us today in that question. So before we go in any farther, let's pray. Father, I ask that right now, we would just have an overwhelming awareness of your presence. Wherever we find ourselves today, would we just fix our eyes on you in this moment? Jesus, we love you and we thank you that you are so good, that you are so faithful. Father, thank you for refusing to leave us wounded. Thank you for being intentional. Lord, thank you for wanting to speak to the wounds in our hearts, to the wounds of our life, that you want to bring healing and wholeness. Father, that you want us to be stable and steadfast. Jesus, I have no way of communicating this message without you. So Father, I just ask that you would just take this, whatever amount of time it's going to be, and would it just be for you. Father, would our eyes be on you. And Lord, would we respond to this invitation? to live differently, to experience you in deeper ways. We love you and we want to grow deeper with you. So Father, speak to us. We're listening. Amen. So we are in Colossians chapter 2, verses 20 to 23. I'm going to read it to you now. This is the English Standard Version. If with Christ you have died to the elemental spirits of the world, Why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to the regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Referring to the things that all perish as they are used. According to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body but they are no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. If we are going to hear this question in context, we need to pay attention to not only what Paul is saying, but the way that he is saying it. So he's asking this question, if Christ has died, why are you acting alive in the world? And then he gives this practical example about this teaching that many in the church were following. What I want us to hear in context, though, is this last statement, and it says this. He says, they have no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. And so when Paul is giving this example, he's giving an example that is a teaching that in some way would teach that through these actions that you would have the removal of your flesh, that you would somehow become pure that you would become developed in a greater way, that you would reach a higher level of consciousness, so to speak, that you would be a better human, maybe is another way of saying it. And so if, you're, if you've been tracking with us this far in the warning series that we've been in the last couple of weeks, you'll know that this actually isn't that far off of an idea. Paul's already been warning this church about philosophies of the day, about traditions, and about spirituality. And so here we just see Paul almost recapitulating the warnings that he's already brought to the table with another practical, relevant, detailed example for this church. 
So please, when we hear this, let's not hear this in a way that's um, condemning, but it's, it's an invitation that Paul is giving to this church. And he's saying, guys, listen, this is who we are in Christ. And because we're this way, why are you submitting back to the old way of doing things? Do you know that you do not have to live in such a way any longer? I think that this overarching question is just as relevant to us as it was for this church in Colossae. Let's, let's break this down. If with Christ we have died. This is how Paul begins this question. And what I see in that right off the bat is, is, is basically Paul is saying, if everything that we've talked about thus far in this letter, about all the things that I already shared with you in the intro to this message, if those things are true about Christ and about us and the opportunity that we have in him, if he actually died, and if we have died with him, what is to come out of this? What is to come out of this experience? In other words, Paul is saying, if these things are true, then our life is going to look different. Maybe another way of asking this question would be, if Christ Jesus has died on the cross and we have given our heart to him and we have given our life to him and we have now put our life on his life in the sense that we have died with him and so that we can experience this new life, right? What does that sound like? What have we talked about? That sounds like baptism, right? If we've been baptized in, in Christ's death and now we get to experience the resurrection, but the first part to this baptism was death. And so Paul is saying, if we have been baptized with Christ, if we have died with Christ, then our life is meant to look different. If you were to remove the Sunday morning service from our life as followers of Jesus, would our life look like everyone else's? That's a deep question. That's a real question. I'll ask it one more time. If we were to remove Sunday morning services from our life, meaning wherever you go to church, if you go to church, where you attend, if you were to remove that, that one hour, two hour gathering that you're a part of from your life, would your life look like your neighbor's? That's a real question. That's a question that we have to be asking ourselves as followers of Jesus. Paul might rephrase this question to us in a different way. And I'm going to try to give some examples to how this question maybe could heard in our culture in our day. Um, instead of the word you, I'm going to use the word we. That way you just don't feel like I'm trying to condemn you or embarrass you or whatever. Like, please don't get weird about this. Remember that Paul has already laid the foundations of the gospel in this letter. We have been made new and made whole. And so Paul is saying to us, we have an opportunity to actually live this faith out, to actually live in the freedom that Christ has paid for us. And so Paul sees in this church an area where they're going back into slavery and he's saying to them, why are you living as slaves when Christ has paid for your freedom? And so listen, these questions are just as much for me as they are for you today. So let's go through some of these and then we'll keep, we'll keep going, okay? If with Christ we have died, why do our goals look like everyone else's? If with Christ we have died, 
Why do we spend our time the same way everyone else does? If with Christ we've died, why are we still living for the same things that the world is telling us to live for? Happiness, material wealth, accomplishments? And ultimately, I see this question being boiled down to this. If with Christ we have died, why are we still living in the world's kingdom, in the world's way, and not his? These are serious questions for you and for me to consider as we reflect on our life in Christ. For Paul in this passage, he's framing this question with an example that is relevant to what the church is going on in that day in the city of Colossae. So he brings up this teaching, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Again, this would be a teaching that was heard in the city. This would be a way of life kind of teaching. I don't want to get into the relevancy of this teaching for that church in Colossae because I just don't want us to miss this overarching question that Paul is asking us. The important thing to note is Paul is saying that this teaching is causing, is actually just promoting a self-made religion, asceticism, and severity to the body. In other words, it's, it's just about focusing on self-development. It's focusing on things that are ultimately, it may sound good to the world. It may sound like it's the right way of living, but really it's just pointing to the self. It's pointing to the self as the key in our development. It's pointing to the self as the key to finding satisfaction, to finding hope, to finding security, to finding a way to get out of our flesh, right? That's the last line, right? That's what we talked about. He says, the stopping of the indulgence of the flesh. And so Paul's already talked to this church about this. He's described, where did he mention the flesh before? He mentioned it within Christ's circumcision. You see, when we put our faith in Christ Jesus, we have been circumcised in him meaning that the flesh has been removed. Well, how did you and I have the privilege of being circumcised by Christ? It was not through what we have done. It was through us putting our faith and our trust in what Christ has done. And we have said yes to this. And as a result of our yes, Christ has come through his spirit. He has circumcised us. We've hopefully been baptized physically, but also spiritually. And now we have been made new. And so Paul is saying to this church, and he's saying to you and I today, we need to check ourselves. We need to make sure that we, our lives are looking different than those around us. And so instead of just continuing to drag on this message, I want us to just finish. Because I recognize that for many of you, if you've been following along in this message, you've been giving me 20 to 30, maybe 40 minutes a week to talk to you about this passage. And I'm so honored that you would spend this time with me to work through this passage. But today, instead of this being a 30-minute, 40-minute message, I want you now, if you can, if you have the time, and if you need to make it later, that's fine. But I want you to just ask this question with the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is not going to shame you and embarrass you. The Holy Spirit is going to expose you. And in that exposure, we then ask for repentance, we, we, we ask for forgiveness, we receive who we are. He's going to remind us who we are. We are his sons and daughters, and he's going to invite us to live in a new way. 
And so instead of kind of like making this a big thing and trying to drag it all out, I just want us to finish with this question, the question we've been asking from the beginning. If with Christ we have died, why are we living as though we are in the world? In other words, I want you to step away today and I want you to ask yourself this question. Are there things in your life, are there ways that you're living right now that are not being defined and dictated by Christ's death? You see, this next question we'll be looking at next week is going to be, if Christ has been raised, then why? And so today, Paul is wanting us to focus on the things that should be dead in us because of the death that we have shared with Christ. In closing, I just want us to take some time, whether it's right now or in the next couple of days, to just sit down with God, with your Bible, and just ask Him, Father, are there things that I'm doing right now in my life? Are there areas in my life where I'm not letting your cross speak a different word over these situations? Are there things in my life that I'm not giving to you? Are there things in my life that need to die? Am I looking for things in the world? to fulfill things in my heart that only you can fulfill. So Father, I ask through your Holy Spirit that you would reveal the things that need to die within us. Father, thank you that you do not want us to stay trapped, to stay a slave, to stay in a cycle, that you want to invite us into freedom, into a new life, into new hope. Father, we ask for forgiveness for the areas of our life where we have not put our trust in you. God, whether this moment is right after this message or in a couple of days, I just ask that when we take this time and we ask this question of what needs to die in us, are there things in the world that we're living for that we shouldn't be because of your death? When we take this time, when we ask you that question, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak clearly, you would speak concisely that we would have ears to hear, and we would, through grace, have the power to change. Only through your presence, through your peace, through your invitation. Father, we want to grow deeper with you, and we know that sometimes this deeper is going to come in difficult paths, in difficult ways, and this is one of those questions that cuts deep. But Lord, we humbly submit ourselves to you, and we ask this question today, and we ask that only you would answer it. Thank you for your love and your compassion and your mercy. We say yes to you today, Father. Would there be nothing in the way of our yes for you? Amen. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope something in this has encouraged you. If you're wanting to stay connected, the best way to do that is to subscribe to this channel. If you're looking for resources such as book recommendations or song recommendations or just wanting to stay connected to other people who are listening to this podcast as well, you can follow us at The JMP Cast on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you'll consider joining me as we continue to ask this question, what does it look like to live in our identity in Christ and to actually participate in the Father's kingdom that's in our midst? Have an awesome day.